I'm Alex Marlowe, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. On today's show, I return to discuss the increasingly boring and pointless January the 6th hearings, only briefly, and the increasingly horrifying economic numbers before we launch into an epic woke update that focuses on the wacky Attorney General of Michigan, Dana Nessel, who said she wants a drag queen in every classroom. That is the new American dream, I guess. You also get all of the rest of the top headlines that you need for the day, and perhaps one or two you don't need, like the CDC's utterly bonkers monkeypox guidelines. They're real, and they are beyond belief. Our Father's Day weekend guest today is Charlie Hurt, who is truly one of the best dads I know, but he's also the opinion editor of the Washington Times and a Fox News contributor. And we start with his thoughts on the current trans hysteria, and then I get his take on the Democrats' reluctance to protect Supreme Court justices when they're often protected themselves, and also his hot take on what the January 6th hearing really is all about. Plus, he makes me laugh a lot, as always. Our caller of the day has an interesting question. Would you rather have an armed guard or a drag queen in the classroom. We all know what the mainstream Democrat viewpoint is as of the summer of 2022. Let's get into it. not a ton happened that was totally essential. Of course, there's always a million things going on at Breitbart.com and in the news, um, but we did not get the uh, Dobbs decision that will possibly overturn Roe versus Wade, but who knows at this point? Um, and that is, it does lead me to believe they've drawn the conclusion that it's going to go down to the last day of the session, which has one clear benefit and one clear negative. Uh, the benefit is that the uh, the is if there is a decision that would perhaps infuriate certain people who are prone to violence throughout the country, then the Supreme Court justices can get out of town for a few months and uh, there won't be a set location where uh, the whole world will know they're going to show up in person, um, which if the decision comes down and I, there's probably two, maybe three more days left, they're gonna announce decisions. Um, it, so if it comes out, the next day or the day after, then there's a chance that, you know, you're announcing the world, we're going to be in a certain spot at a certain time. Of course, that is a spot that has lots of security and protection, but still uh, maybe not a wise move, but arguably a wiser move than the alternative, which is to have the justices be sitting ducks. And we all know at least one lunatic uh, has had designs in assassinating Brett Kavanaugh. So, uh, it, not a good thing, I think, in general. I don't like the strategy, but uh, it seems to be the strategy. So uh, fingers crossed it all works out, but we'll see. Then we keep you posted. So the next time decisions come out will be, I think it's Tuesday, because remember, I think they're trying out Juneteenth as a holiday on um, uh, Monday. Oh, yeah, it's Hawaiian shirt Friday. So if you can uh, demonstrate to the producers, you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt and jeans, you'll get in first today. And we have lots of time for calls. So. Um, any Hawaiian paraphernalia, I, I would say hats, sweaters, whatever it is. Um, so uh, the, I think their Monday was going to be kind of like a semi-holiday. So they're going to go for Tuesday, I think the following Monday. And I think that's probably it. Maybe one more Monday because there is, they have saved their biggest decisions, it seems. So, and then once we get those, we'll do some regular check-ins with Ken Klukowski 
and others. Uh, Breitbart is lousy with lawyers. I've always said this, and some of them are highly trained and very, very literate in the Constitution. So uh, we will get all those in here for you to break them all down as time comes. Um, so speaking of uh, trials, more like show trials, yesterday was the third uh, third edition, episode three of the January the 6th hearings. And these one, this one seemed to be even more boring and pointless than the first two, which were sort of boring and sort of pointless, though for me they had a very significant point, which is that I did, and I went through this on a, a few of the recent podcasts, uh, if you want to catch up on those, Breitbart News Daily Podcast, by all means, go ahead and check them out. Um, I do think it was the Democrats revealing their 2024 strategy, as I noted, uh, but I do, I do think yesterday was particularly pointless to the point where it was getting mocked online for moving so slow and covering so little ground. Uh, of things that we learned, first of all, my favorite one, and Joel Pollack did a nice dunk on this, is one of the witnesses actually called out um, uh, a witness against Donald Trump, um, actually called out a retired U.S. judge named Michael Ludig, called out Congressman Jamie Raskin, Democrat from Maryland, a uh, pro-impeachment, anti-Trump, January the 6th hysteric, for objecting to the 2016 election, which I thought was pretty awesome. Um, that is a pretty, was a pretty funny moment. Um, he said um, that was, he said in reference to, uh, the, the, he was referencing um, to objections to past elections. And he said, that was the centerpiece of the plan to overturn the 2020 election. It was the historical precedent in the years in with the vice presidents I named as Congressman Raskin understands well. Um, it was referring to something with the in the 12th Amendment being artfully worded. It's all sort of tough to follow, but the, the main part is that Jamie Raskin had objected to 2016, and he's on the January 6th uh, hysteric team, and he got dunked on. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, so obviously not a big moment, not going to change the, uh, the direction of the country in any meaningful way. Um, another noteworthy moment, Ivanka Trump called, uh, recalled her father's heated exchange with Mike Pence on January the 6th, where uh, apparently Trump called Vice President Pence a wimp and a pussy. And um, also the January the 6th lawyer, John Eastman, asked for a pardon for Rudy, to put Rudy in the pardon list. Um, Eastman is the attorney who's largely seen as having crafted the legal strategy for overturning the election and was essentially at war with Pence to get him to overturn the election, according to the committee. So that was the sort of relevant stuff. And again, you see the strategy is to make Trump seem crazy and seem isolated. So Eastman, who they already said didn't really even buy into the strategy uh, and sort of the Rudy and the Proud Boys maybe a little Steve Bannon sprinkled in there and uh, the Oath Keepers. And other than that, everyone else was kind of like, uh, dude, you got to chillax. It's over. So basically trying to isolate Trump as much as possible and only leave him alone with the people who can be portrayed, not say they are, but can be portrayed in the press as the craziest. Um, at one point, NBC actually cut to their coverage of the U.S. Open golf tournament, which I got a kick out of. Um, so the, uh, they have, uh, the, the rights to the U S open our national championship in golf this week. And, um, it is, uh, the, the NBC cut to that at one point, which is pretty fun. Lawrence tribe, who is the Harvard professor and Twitter hysteric said that, uh, Donald Trump attempted to murder vice president Pence. So not exactly clear in his logic, 
on that. Uh, but I will say that uh, that, is, that is his quote. I'll read the quote just in case. Ordering your vice president to violate the law in order to stay in power is a very serious federal crime, but there are other crimes as well. One that occurred to several people today is attempted murder. You know, under the criminal code of the United States, the attempt, the attempted murder of the vice president is punishment by life imprisonment. What we saw with the president egging the crowd on, telling him that basically his own vice president was a traitor, while he knew that the mob had gallows waiting for him, that's pretty serious stuff. You don't have to go to law school to know that there's been something seriously criminal about that. There are other crimes that have been proven. Those are plenty to start with. Okay. I have to say, I don't get the impression that Donald Trump was a big Mike Pence fan um, on January the 6th or since. I don't know if attempted murder is a fair way to describe what he wanted. In fact, even if you look at the full context, what Trump said about Pence, where he was certainly encouraging Pence to, you know, stop the proceedings, no doubt about that. But it was pretty mild the way he was doing it. It was not uh, the go ahead and kill him if he doesn't do it. Um, so that's what's going on in the January 6th hearings, which is, you can tell, that's not a big advancement forward, but that is the strategy uh, remains. I have Tass Joel Pollock, who's begrudgingly agreed to this, to do a write-up of the, the summary for yesterday for all of you guys at Breitbart.com. Uh, if you want more, um, he tracked the whole thing for us. Uh, okay, so biggest stuff yesterday was, needless to say, the abysmal economic news. Um, not to mention, uh, within the last couple of days, the Fed hiking interest rates 0.75 basis points, trying to catch up. And there's lots of drama that's going on. The Dow has dropped below 30,000, which is the lowest level since 2020. And basically everything is getting popped right now. Um, the tech stocks, the biggest companies in the world, we're all getting super hard hit. Um, John Carney's done a pretty big breakdown for us in our uh, Breitbart Business Digest that he and I work on together uh, every afternoon, uh, noting that Apple shares are down 28.5% since the beginning of the year. Disney's down 40%. Uh, Meta is down 52.5%. Spotify, 60%. Netflix down 71%. It's all from the start of the year. So th there's almost nowhere to turn if you're trying to find a good place to put your money at this moment. There's very few options in where you want to put it. Yet all these people, by the way, CEOs of all these companies are all going to be meeting in Sun Valley, Idaho for some sort of a confab where they can all cut deals and plan your future for you. And they give almost no media access. And all they do is they, oh, except for people like Anderson Cooper and Tom Friedman from the New York Times, who's largely a stenographer for these people. And uh, they'll meet and they'll uh, plan out the uh, future of your life. And they'll slap each other on the back, and they'll cuddle, and they'll have a great time. So, um, because, hey, they're still rich, even though their products aren't worth very much. But the, their main currency is their equity, and their equity is dwindling by the second. And so if it's dwindling for you, it's dwindling for them a lot quicker. So they, of course, have more to begin with. But one thing that's also striking to me that we're keeping an eye on is um, what's going on with uh, OPEC Plus that has not hit their production quotas. And in fact, they're hitting them, they're, they're missing them by bigger margins than we had anticipated. So it is the OPEC plus missed their oil output target in May for the most in, I'm looking at about a year and a half's worth of data. And it's by far the most during that time window and double every other month other than last month, which was April. So um, this is a, 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 a 17 out of 19 OPEC plus countries 
um, miss their production quotas. That's the highest number of misses ever. And uh, CNBC wrote that it's kind of broken down. So needless to say, Biden is not asking for Americans to American companies to drill here. And we reminded folks at Breitbart News yesterday in 2019, not that long ago when Joe Biden said, I guarantee you we're going to end fossil fuels. A quote that should be repeated over and over and over again. No more drilling, including offshore, no ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. It ends Joe Biden in 2020. He's bet big, guys. He's bet big that he is going to shut down the oil industry and that will be the right calculation. So, and in the meantime, yesterday, he admitted people are really down under his presidency. Probably something uh, he would like to take back the exact verbiage there. He said people are really down under his presidency, but he blamed the coronavirus. People are really down, really down. They're really down, man. He admitted. Um, and he did end up going on to blame coronavirus. What happened as a consequence of the COVID crisis? Wow, amazing guy. And then he said the recession is not inevitable. And maybe it's not. Uh, but uh, we noted at Breitbart, we did a calculation that uh, some level of economists think we're, we are in a recession now or will be one in one this year. Most economists think we'll be in one next year. And a few think we'll hit one in 2024. So the consensus is certainly we're in a recession, which I was trying to get a clear definition of recession, and you can't really get it. It's really hard to get. Um, it's kind of thought of as two quarters of negative growth, but really there's apparently a, a couple of, um, you know, boards or institutions that uh, one's in Cambridge, I think one's here in the Ivy Leagues, that basically just declare when it's a recession and they can do it whenever they want. It's very strange. Uh, next time Carney's on, I know he was on yesterday with Jerome. Uh, but I'll try to get a clear answer for him on that. Um, should we watch, should we l listen to the White House squirm on uh, these questions? I guess we have to. I guess it would be a mistake not to. Let's try number four, Haley. Let's put with Corrine Jean-Pierre and Peter Ducey. Okay, why isn't the president asking oil companies to drill more here in the U.S.? Okay, let me just let me just give you a little bit of a rundown of why we are here. Um, when, and just, what, I know his letter was a lot about refining and increasing refining, but that's a lot of oil that comes in from overseas. So why isn't he asking so, companies to drill more here in the U.S.? Well, hold on. So here we go. So this is where we are. I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown of why we are here and what's going on and why we wrote the letter. So due to decreased demand at the start of the pandemic, U.S. oil refineries reduced their capacity by more than 800,000 barrels per day. Now that consumers' demand has returned thanks to the president's recovery plan, oil refineries have still not brought refinery capacity back to the pre-pandemic level. So that is the problem and that is what we're trying to address. At the same time, Putin's invasion of Ukraine put pressure on global supply and gas prices have gone up by nearly $2 since before the invasion. So President Biden has taken historic actions to elevate this pressure, releasing record amounts of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and relying, uh, relaying the world to, to, to relaying the world to release, to release oil to that's at 240 uh, million uh, barrels of oil that he was able to she do with no, his no partnership. So and so we are now at the highest that. levels of domestic production. Let's stop. Yeah, she doesn't even know what she's saying. She's she has literally no idea what she's talking about. 
Um, on Fox Business Network, one of the hosts, Elizabeth McDonald, um, said that the White House is still attacking the oil industry. The Biden White House just asked a Louisiana federal judge um, to uphold the president's ban on new federal oil and gas leaking, leasing, and they want to now limit fuel exports. We've never seen a government attacking a U.S. industry like this, is the way she described it. So uh, whatever she's trying to sell you is not real. They're still trying to block this because the green lobby is that powerful. And who's in charge of energy? The energy secretary is a lady named Jennifer Granholm, who has repeatedly suggested that uh, you guys feeling the pinch at the pump, making your lives more expensive, is all a good thing because uh, it means that we are going to have to diversify into clean energy. And she said it again yesterday on CNN that we want oil and gas companies to diversify to produce clean energy. She also said that she's looking at a surtax on oil. So uh, she wants an oil company surtax. She's looking at it. Because a radical left congressman, Ron Wyden, Democrat, had suggested a surtax on excess profits from oil companies. So meaning the oil companies, you better not have excess profits or you're going to be taxed more. How's that going to go? Seems a little backwards to me, but hey, I'm not a genius like Ron Wyden and Jennifer Granholm. So she's looking at that. What, of course, doesn't get pointed out in most of these interviews is that Jennifer Granholm is heav heavily invested in, drumroll please, electric car stocks. Um, of course, I don't know for sure about some of these numbers, but what the Daily Mail reported is that her net worth is about $8 million and she's got $1.6 million in stock in an electric car company. So... Um, about 20% of her wealth tied up in electric cars. Seven figures worth. And she's in charge of our policy that is suggesting that you guys must suffer at the gas tank because she likes green energy, not just for the environment. She likes it for her pocketbook. Sounds good. This is not a sane country if we're going to keep doing this with these people. So regardless of all the uh, terrible things Donald Trump may have said on January the 6th. If he's the nominee, you can, cannot you, you cannot let these guys govern any longer. I will say the headline I might have gotten the kick out of the most over the last couple days is in the Atlantic magazine, which said why Biden shouldn't run in 2024. Yes, he's fit to be president now, but he's too old for the next election. So they're trying to push Biden out at the Atlantic. Um... And there is one reference to Kamala Harris, which is somewhat negative in the article. Um, but I will tell you that anyone who knows The Atlantic knows very well they're very pro-Kamala Harris. It's owned by a lady named Lorene Powell-Jobs, who, as far as I know, is very close friends with Harris. And it's probably the reason why Harris was on the ticket to begin with. So you've got a, a pro-Harris pro outlet urging Biden to step aside for being too old. Nice, right? All right, here's other things that are happening in Biden's America and beyond. A illegal alien was arrested and charged with killing a 21-year-old, a 21-year-old named Tyler Ray Baisden, who was hit in a hit-and-run class in a crash in Polk County, Florida, earlier this month. Eddie Juarez Granados, a 46-year-old illegal alien who was arrested and charged last week with leaving the scene of a crash involving a death, leaving the scene of a crash involving injury, leaving the scene of a crash involving property da damage and driving without a valid license uh, was booked for this. 
And on June the 8th, he was driving a 2001 Nissan Frontier, lost control of the vehicle, crossed over the median where he struck and killed Bayesden. And um, he fled the crash at that point. Uh, pretty horrible. Pretty horrible stuff. Person should not have been in the country. Should not have been in the country at all. And then Mr. Bayesden could be alive. Tyler was a builder who loved to work with his hands, according to his obituary. When he wasn't working, you could find him with a smile on his face, a fishing pole in his hand, gaming or tinkering with his car. Well, that is the price you pay if you want to have an open border and a lawless society. Lose people like that. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has announced an additional billion dollars for Ukraine in military aid and saying the U.S. has to stay focused for as long as it takes. Um... I, I, uh, you can't say I didn't warn you. Hey, it's only a billion. It was 40 last time. A billion is pretty good. Say, we don't have any of this money. We don't have any of this money. None of it. So it's all stuff that's put on the country credit card, which I have less and less confidence in. And we will keep sending money to wherever we want to send it because that's what they do in Washington. They just, there's no accountability. There's no penalty if they spend stuff the wrong way. Do we know where the last 40 went? Have we had good accounting of it? I don't think so. China has said the U.S. could spark World War III by diversifying our mineral supply chain. So pretty threatening. Their state-run Global Times said on Thursday that the United States could spark World War III by pushing too hard to decouple from Chinese mineral industry by developing its own supply. Uh, from John Hayward at Breitbart, after a little throat clearing and harumphing about how it's reasonable for any country to diversify its supply chains that involve critical resources, China would consider it tantamount to an act of war. The U.S. diversifies too much because Beijing sees decoupling as preparation for an all-out conflict with America's strategic competitors that could escalate into World War III. I, I, it's interesting they say it out loud. Of course, that's how they feel. Of course, that was China's game the whole time, is to get us hooked on their resources, hooked on their goods in so many different ways. And uh, that if we do uncouple from them, it will, of course, leave China more vul vulnerable militarily, and they'll have to prepare accordingly. Of course, that's how they feel. But interesting to see them verbalize it. Um, Houthi terrorists, which were delisted by Biden, as terrorists, continue to use child soldiers, despite their promise to the UN. So these are ran back extremists in Yemen, and they're still using child soldiers to fight, despite their promise to the UN to stop doing this. So recall that Biden also took Nigeria off of the list of places to watch for religious persecution and terrorism, and they're terrorizing um, Christians every day. And then they take the Houthis off the extremist list, and then they're using child so soldiers. Um, so no longer terrorists, aside from all the child soldiers, they swore they would stop using backed by Iran, uh, arguably the most evil regime uh, that's out there. So a uh, positive, positive news on the international front as always. All right. Um, let's see now. Why don't we have our woke update? Would you like it? We have one every morning now. This is a, this is the tradition. Uh, I would say my favorite one. It's also my least favorite is uh, Michigan's Attorney General Dana Nessel seems like a real piece of work. She wants a drag queen for every school. We framed it at Breitbart as the uh, the new American dream, a drag queen for every school. Drag queens make everything better. Drag queens are fun. 
I think um, Nessel is is she is she gay? I think she is. If I'm incorrect, someone correct me very quickly. Um, but I'm pretty sure that she's that she's openly gay. But anyway, um, yeah, she is. Um, but she um, she is a the once drag queen for all the kids. The problem is not drag queens. Is not the problem is drag queens in schools for kids. The problem is the sexualization of kids. The problem is creating confusion for kids. You have the vast majority of your life, uh, those of you who don't get uh, plowed into by an illegal alien on the highway when you're 21, you have the vast majority of your life to be adults and make decisions like this. Um, what you don't have is to have the government try to indoctrinate you into this trans cult when you're a kid. That's not what. That's not okay in the view of many Americans, but apparently people who vote for Dana Nessel, they really like it. So they just keep escalating it. They keep ramping up sexualization of kids. Uh, by the way, Joe Biden botched LGBTQI plus acronym as he condemned Ultra MAGA at a pride event celebration. It was a amusing thing um, to listen to. We have the clip at uh, Breitbart.com if you want to check it out. But he said LGBTQL through an extra L. And he says, I, excuse me, plus Americans. Fumbling over it. And no one can keep it straight. He forgot the pregnant man emoji, though, which is the key portion of that. Uh, Disney continues to quadruple down on their uh, trans gay agenda. There is a new gay rom-com series for kids called Love, Victor, which is being advertised pretty heavily. And this is going to be released on Hulu and is now on Disney Plus. And it is going to, according to a producer at Disney, is going to expand our audience in a really exciting way. So uh, this is the the agenda is to keep putting the gayness in front of your kids, and then the trans, and then both. And no innocence for you, children. Disney will decide that you will get indoctrinated with this stuff. Cannot have a childhood. You need to be part of Disney's agenda to uh, create as many confused children as humanly possible. Um, okay, uh, woke adjacent, LADA George Gascon's been blamed for two cops killed by a man who's on parole. Gascon is up for a recall. I think we're close, if not all the way there, to enough signatures, and I assume he'll get recalled once the signature goal gets met. Who was, he was the DA of San Francisco. He did a bad job there. Soros basically bought the seat for him in LA. And he's just been soft on crime would be the nicest way to put it. Um, but he's being blamed after two local cops were murdered on a Tuesday night by a convict who was free after a lenient plea bargain. And he allegedly violated his parole by carrying a gun. So got off easy, got a gun, which he should not have had. And then a guy named Justin Flores, 35 years old. He was due in court on June the 27th for a probation hearing, and he um, killed two police officers. So he got the bare minimum sentence for a felony of possessing a, a gun charge of felony last year. He's got probation. So he likely could have been behind bars for two to three years. Instead, he was out on probation and um, goes kill two cops. So Gascon's being held accountable, as he should be.
Um, other headlines I feel compelled to mention to you. Gavin Newsom has joined Truth Social. I think that's a big deal for two reasons. The big one is just for Trump. I think it's great for Trump and Truth Social. Uh, if the I think this is what he wants, and I think this is what Truth Social guys want, is people who are on the left going and having some debate with people on the right in Trump's world. I think it's a big win. It could be good for traffic for them. Uh, it's also revealing to just as a reminder, number 700, that Gavin Newsom is running for president. And he's doing it the exact opposite way as what Ron DeSantis is doing. Ron DeSantis is running for president by trying to be the best governor of a state possible, setting a agenda that's forward thinking and has his citizens in mind. Gavin Newsom is doing it the opposite. He's doing a pretty lousy job in California, but he's trying to get involved in the national debate by weighing in on things like, you know, shootings in Texas. And he's one of the first ones out of the gate, always to weigh in on X, Y, or Z that's happening throughout the country. Um, but he's not, uh, California's in, in bad shape. I mean, people are leaving in droves. There's no state that's seeing a bigger uh, loss of people despite incredibly beautiful and prosperous, a beautiful country and or a beautiful state with prosperous industries. Uh, still, people can't get out of there fast enough because rising crime, homelessness, taxes, general unpleasantness for any of you who spend any time out there, a lot of grumpy people out there. So everyone thinks about leaving. So Newsom can't run on that. He's going to run on just, he's going to be really well known as a woke spokesperson. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Elite scientists are urging Africans to eat baked goods that are made of insects. What do you think about that? They always focus on the Africans. Wouldn't this be racist? But the report, Nature Solutions, Policy Innovations and Opportunities for Africa's Bioeconomy, um, is something that we uh, wrote up for you at Breitbart. It came out in May. But they want Africa to develop sustainable bioeconomy, and they literally show people baking with bugs. The New York Times extolled the joy of cooking insects in February, as you might recall. And Time Magazine wrote that humans eating insects could help save the planet. So do you think that's what they're going to be eating at that confab out in uh, Sun Valley? Do they going to be having a lot of bug pie? My guess is no. But again, when you're talking about food shortages, that is what um, inevitably where the conversation could go. Um, Two other quick ones. USA Today has removed 23 articles after an investigation found a reporter fabricating stories as a lead story currently in Breitbart News. We're recording this. And they found that fabricated sources. I mean, we've never had a scandal like this at Breitbart. And we will get harassed and we will get a negative rating from NewsGuard. And all of the uh, fact checkers will obsess over our content. USA Today literally fabricating stories. The works of Gabriella Miranda after an external correction request the audit they went they did an audit and they revealed some individuals quoted were not affiliated with the organizations claimed and appeared to be fabricated nice good job policing uh your your people usa today we'll still show up on uh doorsteps of how many millions of people uh, uh, at hotels which is just an incredible lifeline for any news outlet you get all those hotel subscriptions Keep the whole newsroom going, stuff like that. All right, last one, and this one is uh, going to be semi-growth. So if you need to turn over to Howard Stern for the next minute and a half, feel free to do so. The CDC has released their monkeypox guidelines, and uh, they're, they're gross. They're really gross. 
Uh, but I, you should know what the CDC is up to with monkeypox, which is coming to the United States in a bigger level. Um, but here's what they recommend. Again, if you got young kids in the car or you're easily squeamish, go to Howard Stern. They recommend virtual sex with no in-person contact. They recommend masturbating, but six feet apart. And they recommend if you're going to have sex with clothes on, if you're going to have sex, do it with clothes on, covering areas with rashes or sores. So if you want to have sex with someone with monkeypox, that's okay. Just keep your clothes on, according to the CDC. And if you're going to have sex with them, don't kiss them. Pretty good, right? So if you got the monkeypox, you're all good in the sex. Just don't do any of the kissing. Try to keep your clothes on. And remember to wash your hands. This is not a joke in your fetish gear and any fabrics, such as bedding or towels, after having the sex, presumably with your clothes on, with the person with monkeypox. And this is the most brilliant one of them all. Limit the number of partners you have to avoid opportunities for monkeypox to spread. That is what our government is up to, giving those incredible warnings. I have to say the part where I actually laughed out loud is um, the researchers listed what they're investigating. And they wrote that they're investigating how the virus could be present in semen, vaginal fluid and fecal matter but then after that they put in parentheses poop i have to say if you don't know the difference between if you don't know that fecal matter is poop i don't think there's a lot of hope for you that the cdc is going to get through to you a monkeypox it's just just a thought great when Charlie Hurt is on the line with me. He's a longtime friend, someone who's been very helpful to me over the years and also one of those knowledgeable guys and fun guys in Washington. We get his take on all the news, starting with the trans woke stuff. Let's hear it. Charlie, let me ask you about the most important topic of our time, which is why does the left keep putting the drag queens in our schools? Like, I'm actually starting to, to wonder what the heck is going on here. Are they just trolling us or is there something more to it? You know, um, when we first started seeing stuff about this, um, it was easy to think that they were just uh, that it was just trolling and that that it was. But but then but then, you know, you sit back and you watch and it's this is not just some, you know, one extreme case or a couple of cases. They keep coming. And and it's you, you find them all over the place. And and then at some point you start to realize, wait a minute, this is not this is not just some one off thing that 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 people are are um, trying to, to you know the art of politics of course is you, you take what issue you want to talk about and you make the election about that issue and you know obviously that's what that's that's what campaigning is all about right um, but and sometimes you take a, 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 a an unimportant issue and blow it up and sometimes you take a a, a real important issue and you and you make the election about that I, you know I, I was sort of on the border on the fence about this you know a year ago but but now i'm starting to realize that this really is this is real this really is what these this really is the the, the rock that these people are teaching well, now, the, you know the, the, there's also a constant 
Yeah, there's also a constellation of facts, which is you see what Disney's doing, which is, you know, Disney is yeah. injecting sexual content into their kids' programming. Um, and then when they get called on it and their stock plummets and they just triple down, they keep doing it. They added a lesbian kiss to the Buzz Lightyear movie that's out and they are just released another uh, a gay romance on Disney Plus, which, you know, they advertise it right at the top. When I throw on Disney Plus to, you know, put the put the the, the original Toy Story movie on uh, in my house, I have to look at the, you know, the the advertisement just to be reminded that, by the way, this is what Disney's all about now. We're all about the gay romance comedy, which is Charlie, it's so in your face. It's not even that this thing exists and is available for people. They're putting it in your face. They're making sure you cannot avoid it. They want us to talk about it. They want us to identify their brand with this stuff. And so you've got that. Then you've got the drag queen story hours everywhere. And I was referring to Dana Nessel, who's the kind of nutty uh, attorney general of Michigan who wants a drag queen in every classroom, she yeah. says. And then and then one of the callers, I think kind of correctly connected to the Epstein, we, we have no justice there. So there's all this sexualization of children in our society that is coming to the fore. And there doesn't seem to be any slowing it down. It seems to be accelerating. Yeah. You know, w- one thing that you, you know, we, you know, we have ratings for all kinds of things. We, we should have a, a groomer rating on children's mo- movies. And just, and, yeah. you know, if they want to produce this stuff, you know, they can produce it, but there has to be a groomer rating um, that ele- so that parents at least know, um, you know, ha- how hot they're they're pushing the grooming thing uh, in in their cartoons or whatever it is that they're selling. Um, but you know, it, it, the other thing that is the, the other thing that's going on here is that a lot of people, you know, that they, they try to portray this issue. You know, the, the people who have kids just care about their kids and they want to protect their kids and they want to um, have their kids grow up healthy and, and confident and um, productive and happy. And, and so, but the way they, they try to frame this whole thing about, um, about the stuff as being uh, around tolerance. And, you know, most parents I know are pretty tolerant people. They are interested in, you know, they don't want to dump on anybody. They don't want to make anybody feel bad. But 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 the problem here is that's a lie. That's not what this is about. This is not about tolerance. This is about predatory behavior of children. And and if you're a parent in particular, this it's kind of a, it's sort of a hard area for you to wrap your brain around. You you know you, you know you look at these people and you think, okay, this is really sad. These are people. You know they are. Um, you're talking about kids who are going through a very confusing point in their life. And, and therefore this is further confusion, confusing. But the point here is this is the fact that children, teenagers are confused is not a sidecar is not a side effect of what it is that these people are doing. The reason they are preying at on teenagers is because teenagers are confused. And, and when you start to think about it that way, you, it goes from being about tolerance to being full-on predatory behavior, which is what this is. And, and if, as a society, if we, don't, if we don't put a stop to it and stand up to these people, they're bullies, they're, they, they're forcing their views, forcing their uh, twisted stuff on innocent children – and, and, and approach it's, and it is no different from Jeffrey Epstein. You know, Jeffrey Epstein hung, hung out around certain high schools where he thought that he could 
find lost, weak, often poor, confused children. That's, that's how groomers work. It's no different here. This is what these people are doing. And, and until you know, we as parents and as a society stand, stand up to it and identify it and hold the, these groomers and pedophiles and predators to, uh, accountable for it, it's going to continue and it's going to it's going to destroy a generation of children. Yeah, it does seem like that's almost the goal, and it might already be working. And it's not like the kids don't these days don't have enough things to dodge. Um, with, for example, um, you've got all of the, the the fentanyl, you've got the Chinese mind control with TikTok, you've got the horrific economy. It just seems like there's just so many examples of things that we got to worry about. And don't and, and, and don't and don't shortchange cell phones. The the, the ubiquity of cell phones in the in the in the pockets of children. Um, it, it, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, I've struggled through figuring out how to go through this minefield. Uh, and I, and I think about it a lot, but I, but I think one of the most understudied things in our world today is the degree to which having hot access to anything on the planet in your pocket for a child, everything from what you see, what you can get access to, to simple things like impulse control. The most important thing you can teach a child, the most important thing you teach a child is impulse control. And, yeah. and a cell phone does everything to blow that up. And it's what truly terrifying. And, and, and we, we've done nothing to study all of this. I mean, I, I would say that a, a cell phone has the potential to be infinitely more dangerous than a pack of cigarettes pack cigarettes that uh, a child sneaks and finds you know all you know and and obviously children go through all kinds of levels of sort of discovery but and, and actually talk about discovery you know the most important thing about raising children you know the, the one of the uh, most important ways that they learn is through discovery well the cell phone erases all of that there is no discovery with the cell phone you already know everything the cell phone is a, is a, an appendage of your brain, and and instead of that that wonderful, awkward, painful, awful, beautiful age of where you're sort of going through discovery, whether it's you know playing with worms in the backyard or uh, deer hunting or you know uh, you know finding a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, um, you know all that is erased and. Which, of course, goes back to sort of learning how to how to comport yourself, uh, and again, you know, impulse control. Um, it's it's all eva just evaporated by these phones, and nobody's doing anything. When was the last time Anthony Fauci um, talked about the effect of cell phones on people's health? Yeah, where, where no, are I know. I, we, we actually have a national health crisis. And by the way, Biden is considering a national health crisis if a Roe versus Wade gets overturned via the Dobbs decision. <laughs> uh, but it's the, but you know, we really need one for it, Charlie. We need one for scrolliosis where people can't stop scrolling on their phone. The number one affliction facing all of us right now is the, uh, the this uh, uptick in cases of scrolliosis. And you're so right on about this. And I do heckle people in my life who use their cell phone as a pacifier. And I, I, I'm, I'm in a bit of an advantage because 
I was such an early adopter to using the cell phone for productivity. I feel like I have advanced stage dealing with the cell phone where I have spent years trying to compartmentalize when I'm on the phone and when I'm not, and I'm still not great at it. Because you know what people are doing now, which is super irritating, is that everything that I don't want to do on my phone is now ending up on my phone. Like now I've got the, you know, if I want to play music, which is a perfect activity to do without your phone, I need to set it up on my phone. And when I go to a restaurant now, thanks to the coronavirus SARS-CoV-2, I have to read the menu on my phone. Like I'm trying to not look at my phone. That's part of why I've gone out to eat with my family is that I'm I'm trying to not look at my phone and like, oh, now I got to look at the recipe on my phone. Um, But it is something that I do think that this is a health emergency. Yeah, no, and, and, and by the way, there is only one answer, is to leave the phone at home. I mean, it, 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 I've wrestled with all of this, and, and, and it's, what's so pernicious about it is is that people like you you and me who have worked hard at trying to figure out what the balance is, and, you, and, and every time you say yeah. to yourself, okay, I figured out the balance here, then a week later you realize that there have been 10 other things. Do you know how many times I pick up my phone every day to look at the weather? I pick yeah. up the phone to look at the weather. 15 times. That's true. Or, no, no, I probably yeah. do it uh, eight or 10 times. And then, and then, but, but, and then and it, it's so bad that, that like we, they even get you into like the steps. Remember the steps thing. And what were you doing to, to see you know, like having competitions with your kids or your wife or whatever to see who could get the most steps in a day just because it was kind of fun, you know? Yeah. What, what did you do? Oh, you looked at your phone, you, you moron. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. why am I doing this? The whole point of taking steps, whatever the hell that is, is that y- you're doing something active. You're not, you're not sitting yeah. there with your nose drilled into the idiot thing. No, I, Charlie, I've been making a point to try to play nine holes here or there because it's something that got lost um, during all, all the children I've had. Um, and, and I think it's better for my mental health. But I've got a GPS app on my phone. So I, I end up keeping my score. My, so I'm looking at my phone like three times a hole. Like I'm literally out in nature, like hitting golf ball around a giant park. And uh, I still am looking at my phone. It's not good. It's not good for our brains. And you're right to, to raise the flag at it. Charlie, are, are you intimidated, though, that we've been friends for a long time? I think a, a decade at least now. And um, this will be the first fa- Father's Day where I've caught up to you in terms of a quantity of children. Does that intimidate you? Oh, that is, that is terrifying. And you know what's really scary is between you and the missus, um, your children are going to be so, – their intelligence genes are so much better than the intelligence – at least half of the intelligence genes that, that my children got. So when I look around – hey, look, the one thing I can say, my, my children will work their asses off. I mean, they work their asses off, and, and it's through you know, years of hard labor. And, I mean, you know, when, I, when I found the, the John Deere uh, children's work gloves – uh, which I, I, I mean, I, I, I searched, I, I must have searched through three different states until I found the children's work gloves uh, so that when my kids were like five, <laughs> they could start work. Um, and, and most people, and it's funny, when you go and ask for children's work gloves, they look at you like there's something wrong with you, especially since we were still living up in D.C. at the time. So, um, but th- they'll work their tails off, but, you know, you can't, it's hard to beat, you know, the those intelligence genes, though. You know, I mean, Doctor Marlowe. It, it's helpful, but it's kind of worthless if society collapses, Charlie. I, I'd be much better off if I could, you know, forage for food and 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 build a dwelling. Well, uh, 
My yeah, my yeah, no, no, my, my boys could definitely dig a hand dug well. I mean, there's no no <laughs> doubt that they could, they could do that. But they would need the engineering help of the Mar- Marlowe clan. So I think you sort of get them all together, you know. Yeah, yeah, get them together. Figure stuff out. So, but but this is something I actually want to do. Is you know my ultimate dream? I probably have said this on the show at least once. If I could choose a true ambition, if I make it mega big, which of course the chances of this are b- below winning the lottery, uh, e- even from already my very fortunate uh, perch in um, you know American culture as editor Breitbart, it would be to come up with a cool location or two where conservatives could go and live uh, and be amongst themselves the, the same way. You know, the uh, there's D.C. and L.A. for the left, or we could just go there and then you could be uh, amongst friends. I said, we got to come with a couple of cool cities like that that are known uh, that not only, Charlie, have the right values, but they also have the best uh, cafes and uh, uh, Italian restaurants, which is that's the problem. If you want to eat, you got to go to L.A. or somewhere like that. And um, if you want to make a boatload of money, I mean, going to D.C. is the best place. So we got to have one of those places where we can go and eat, make a boatload of money. But then also hang out with people who you know don't want drag queens in every uh, elementary school. Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I would even settle. Uh, this is how far I've, I've lowered my standards. I, I would even settle for just starting a school. I would, I think it'd be a lot of fun to start a, a school for, for like a high school for kids, um, and it would probably be like single sex, um, yeah. either all boys or all girls. But, but one of the most important components in it would be. Um, it'd be a rigorous attention to, we'd have a rigorous attention to, to, to phone, to telephone use and how you take electronics and go dump them in the, in the, the Creek. Um, and then the other thing would be a a rigorous standards for work. Everyone would have to work. Everyone would have, you would have a job and it would be a job that would be fulfilling. And if it wasn't fulfilling when you started, you would learn to find it fulfilling and kids would love it. They would love to, to, you know, they, because they do, they spend so much time being, you know, with their faces stuck in these things that, that having the opportunity to, to break out of it and, and build something or build something crappy. You know, that's, that's awesome. And then, um, you know, failing at things, uh, that are of, of the physical nature, you know, f- f- physical labor nature. Those are really great. Those are great lessons. Charlie, let me ask you about all these Democrats who really don't like guns or security for Supreme Court justices, but love more security <laughs> for themselves. Uh, and after January the 6th, I mean, they need a lot more armed security to make sure that another insurrection doesn't come and get them. Um, and yet, uh, of course, if you're a Supreme Court justice making decisions that are literally life and death decisions for people, then uh, no, no protection for you unless a governor uh, deems, deems you worthy. Two big things. One is, you know, what is the purpose of the January 6th hearings from their perspective? Uh, There is no purpose for it except to try to go after Donald Trump. And this is this is their third failed impeachment hearing into Donald Trump. Um, So why are they doing that? They are doing that not because they, you know, to hear them Speak, they would say, you know, Donald Trump is finished. He's washed up. No, the reason they're doing it is because they're terrified of Donald Trump still. And the reason they're doing it is because they believe that if they don't discredit him right now, that uh, he 
very well may run again. And if he runs again, he'll win. And that terrifies them. So I think that's a really interesting tell about where where they are. And, and you know, let's be clear, Democrats are always a lot savvier uh, political uh, maneuverers than Republicans ever are. Um, they, they, they're always seeing things in like, you know, as terrible as they are about policy, as stupid as they are about policy, they have no con- concept of consequences when it comes to policy. When it comes to, to politics, they're, they're wickedly Machiavellian smart. Um, the second thing I would say is that uh, I think that a lot of this has to do, you know, their, their claim to care, sudden claim to care about law and order is a, the, their only response that they can come up with to, to respond to what is the real crisis when it comes to law and order, and that is crime that everyone feels and sees all around them, particularly in cities in, that they represent, Democrats represent, all around the country. And so the only way to combat that is to come up with this narrative that, oh, no, 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 no. The, the lawlessness is January 6th. And then you have, um, you know, you have these, you know, you, you get these spectacular, wild, ridiculous claims from top Democrats and, and their supporters, you know, trying to amp up as much as they can. Uh, all the you know all the hysteria around around all of that in order to give them something to talk about oh you know you know when we talk about crime or or lawlessness they have something to respond I, I happen to think that not only does it not work for them though it may be their best shot because of how bad things are not only does it not work for them I think it it does so much it, it they, they they look like clowns and their the effort is so ridiculous that it fails to change the subject from real crime and it also destroys whatever's left of their credibility and 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 then then that hurts them in everything i hope you're right about that charlie i don't know if that's how it goes but i would love for you to be correct because that is definitely the scenario that would make me the happiest charlie i wish we had more time wish we had hours more and we will but just not today hope you have a great father's day my friend You too. Thanks, bud. Nevada is our caller of the day. He asked a really interesting question. What would you rather have, an armed guard or a drag queen in the classroom? It is maybe one of the questions that could so easily divide Americans at this time. I think uh, one side of the political aisle is on one side, and now all of a sudden, I think the left is uh, very much pro-drag queen at this point. Uh, Kind of an odd mainstream twist that I would not have necessarily have expected this time last year, but here we are. Let's hear from Wayne. My statement is, with that representative that said that she wanted a, a drag queen in every school, the Republicans should should hit every Democrat with the question, would you rather have a, a drag queen in every school or an armed guard in every school? And Well, I would rather have an armed guard. Subject. 
But but I think they it's a great question. Um, but I think that the most Democrats would say a drag queen. I, I, I don't if someone could help me with why the kids need the drag queens. Like, I think I sort of get it. It's see, this is where I, I wish I could go back to when Milo used to work here. And I and I would ask him uh, about this. He would have a good answer for me. I get why the adults, like some of them do the drag queen stuff. I, I don't get the kids stuff. Like, why do the kids need to be with drag queens like that to me is just so strange and we're just insisting on this for everyone right because i i don't understand why they why they they have to go back to that with the over sexualization of of children when mom and dads just want to protect want to have their kids protected yeah that was my comment yeah, I uh, uh, thank you. Appreciate that, Wayne. I have story time every night in the Marlowe household. It's great. It's one of the best times of the day. We all have story time. We read the stories. There doesn't have to be any person cross-dressing involved. So it feels to me that that might distract from the story. Maybe the stories aren't very good at these drag queen story hours. I just feel like the bringing in the sex, sex and sexuality for the kids is not necessary, particularly in public schools. Because remember, she says every school. And she's government official, Dana Nessel. I got American parts. That's today's show. Thanks so much for Jerome Hudson for filling in yesterday, as well as producers Haley and Greg for saving the last couple of shows, as well as making our live shows a big hit at the Series XM Patriot Channel, 6 a.m. every morning. Make sure to check those out. That's Eastern Time and on the SXM app if you want the full three-hour broadcast. And thanks to all of you who told 10,000 friends and family members about the new Breitbart News Daily Podcast. We appreciate that, and we'll talk to you soon. Apologize.